0: bow with me father thanks so much for the opportunity that we have to be together this morning and thank you for the opportunity that is ours to look into the word of god thank you for the season that we celebrate and the reminder of your incredible love for us and father over the next few moments as we look into your word i pray that we would see your son jesus christ and that we, in a different way, would understand the depth of love that you have for us. I pray that our hearts would be open to your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would speak to us. I know that in a room this size that it represents a lot of needs this morning and a lot of hearts that are in different places. And so, God, I pray that we would be open and willing to listen to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Last week, Pastor Mike started uh, looking at the plan that God has uh, for us in this season. The plan that sometimes is very easy to miss, very easy to forget about. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the extent of the plan that God has had and has for us. Every year around this time, families and friends start to gather together. They start to celebrate. They start to enjoy each other's company Food is consumed, presents are exchanged, money is spent, weight is gained, expectations are met or not met. There are joys, there are disappointments, there's happiness, there's disillusionment. There are simple Christmases and then there are complicated ones. But in the middle of all of the events that go on and all of the family stuff that happens, whether it's exciting and fun or tough and difficult, Often as Christ followers, our minds and our hearts get distracted. And it's easy to be pulled away from what God has for us and kind of wrapped up in the stuff that goes on. God is a God of plans. And it's God's plan to glorify himself by establishing his eternal kingdom and redeeming a people for himself. And from the very beginning, that was God's plan. His plan was to take a group of people and to establish them as his people. That was really all of the human race. That's what he wanted. And not only is a God he a God of a plan, but he's a God that is on purpose. And every time that God makes a plan, he has a distinct purpose. And this morning, I want you to help you to understand the length, the breadth, the depth of God's plan and his purpose. I love a good plan. I'm like Mike. I love when we have a plan to do something. Part of the reason why I love to build is I love to take a set of blueprints that have been given to me that have the elevations for the start of the foundation, the elevations for where the septic is supposed to go. I know for some of you, you're already falling asleep because that bores you. But I love it. I love to see how that plan's going to work out. And if you take those blueprints and you see where the foundation is and you see where all the little parts and pieces come into the house and then you look at all of the utilities in the house where where the electric comes in, where the water comes in, and you you look at all those parts and pieces and they all work together. And at the very end of the project, what I really love is at the the very end, you've you've gone from the groundwork to the, foundation to the framing to the insulation to the sheetrock to well forget it we 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 missed one right we didn't put utilities in before the sheetrock went in we're in trouble but now we got sheetrock and we've painted it and the finished work is all on and you step back and it's finished it's complete it's all done now, I know some of you are sitting and it! Oh, that was supposed to happen for us 10 years ago, and it still hasn't. But a finished product is beautiful. And the thing about God is when God makes a plan, he makes it complete. He gives all the finished details of the plan. He doesn't have just one little part of the plan and, and looks at us and say, hey, Tim, there's one little part of the plan. and You figure out the rest. No, he has the whole plan for us. It's all laid out. Let me set the stage for our discussion today. From the very beginning of our human existence, it has been God's desire and his plan to bless all of his creation. Mike started in Genesis last week and I want to go back there and we're going to spend time in Genesis. But if you were to take a moment and look at Genesis chapter 1 verses 22 and 27, as God is creating this world, as he's creating mankind, you would find that God says this, he creates the animals and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and he says this in verse 22, and he blessed them. And then if you look at verse 27, he creates man. And when he creates man, at the end of it, he said it's good that he created man. But he also says this, and he blessed them. God blessed them. What what it's saying there is this, that when God said, God is saying, my goodness is on you. When God created all that he, that he made and, and he said, this is all really good, he doesn't just stop there. He says, not only is this really good, but, but my goodness, the goodness of who I am, my character, the goodness of me as God is on all of you, all of, all of nature that I created, all of mankind. that I, I'm just going gonna, gonna to throw my goodness on you. Think about that for a minute. Think about the depth of the love of God for humanity. Think about what he's done for us. And now add that to this whole fact of God saying, look, my goodness that's wrapped up in me, I'm just going to shower it all over you. I bless you. I throw my goodness on you. That's what nature, all of creation, and Adam and Eve lived in was not only was it good, but God goes, here, I'm going to bless it as well. It's all yours. My goodness is on you. So from the very beginning of time, it has been our desire to experience the blessing of God. It has been our desire to, To have God's blessing placed on our life. It is your desire this morning. It is deep within your heart to experience the blessing of God on your life. It's what he offered us from the very beginning. It was the natural expression of God's love for all that he created because he is good. I bless you. So God blessed man and he placed them in paradise for man to enjoy each other, the man and the woman, for man to, to enjoy a relationship with God. Scripture tells us this, that after he created and blessed it all, he says, I'm going to come and I'm going to hang out with you in the garden. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to talk with you. I'm just going to sit around and, and have a coffee with you. Okay, maybe it wasn't coffee, but he's just going to hang out. With Adam and Eve, that was the blessing of God on man. It was relationship. As Pastor Mike explained to us last week, and then man decided that he knew better than God. He decided that the blessing of God was not enough. I can do better. And the sin wasn't found, as Mike said, in eating whatever it was they ate. It was in the heart attitude of saying, I'm better than God. I know better than God. It was a decision that was made in the heart of man. And the moment that man made the decision to break his relationship with God, God wasn't shocked. God didn't sit in heaven and wring his hands, oh, what do I do next? No, instead, God immediately set in motion... His plan to restore and redeem. And immediately, his, pro- his promise to Adam and Eve was that all humanity could be made right with their Creator. And as soon as that promise was made, watch what Adam and Eve do. If you grab your Bibles, and maybe this afternoon or tonight or sometime, grab your Bible and read from Genesis chapter 3 to the end of Genesis chapter 12. Just that short section. In Genesis chapter 4, murder shows up. God makes a promise to redeem, and man kills. Genesis chapter 6, God says that man just continually did what was wrong in his own heart. He constantly thought of evil. He continually did wrong before God, and so God brought a flood and wiped him out. But God didn't give up. He didn't end there. He makes a covenant with Noah to say this, I won't destroy the world, man, the animals, my creation in this way ever again because I want to redeem you. I want to make you right. And so even in the middle of man's sin, God doesn't give up. He doesn't quit. He told Noah, I will spare you. And so he told Noah to to be fruitful and multiply and spread out all over the earth. Go to chapter 9. Man's all back together again in the plain. Devising a way that they could build something so they could become like God. So that we can reach God chapter 9, and man's heart is drawn back to the place where I will become like God. I know I can do it. Short period of time, folks. So they decide to build a tower, and we reach chapter 11. See, it's not just man's problem back in Genesis, folks. The problem that man had in Genesis, you and I still have today. It's our problem. And in reading the stories and reading what mankind has done, sometimes we catch it. Sometimes we figure it out. But before long, we start retracing the same steps that mankind has done over and over. And we look at God saying, God, I know you tell, tell us that you know better, but I'll figure this out on my own. I'll do it my way. And God says, no, I have a plan for you. I have a plan to make your life the best life that it could possibly be. But you've got to trust me. He did this in the Old Testament. He did this in Genesis. This is what he's saying to mankind. Look, trust me. I know what you should do. I know the way you should live. And he says the same thing to you and I today. We reach chapter 12, and I want to read one of the most central texts of the Bible to you from Genesis chapter 12, starting at verse 1. It says this, And then the Lord said to Abram, Go in... Go out from your land, your relatives, your father's house, to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. Remember what man's heart wants? From Genesis chapter 1, verses 22 and 27, all of mankind wants to be blessed by God. Look at God, what God says to Abraham here. He says this. He says, I will bless you. It's what your heart wants. It's what you desire. I'll do it. I will make your name great, and I will, and you will be a blessing. <laughs> Not only will I bless you, Abram, but, but I'll, I'll use you to be a blessing to other people. And I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. Now, you may have heard those verses before, and, or maybe as I'm reading, you, you look at those and you say, those are cool verses, I don't understand, Tim, how that's a, a central text of the entire Bible, but, I, but maybe you believe me, and I hope you do, I'll explain in a minute. But for me, when I read those verses, and I know a little history, which I'm going to give you in just a minute, these are strange verses to me, and here's why. Abraham, who become, he becomes Abraham, he's Abram at this point, his father was a pagan. His father didn't believe in God. There's no indication when God calls Abram that he believes in God at all. It doesn't tell us that. It says that God shows up to him and says, Abram, now obviously there was something about this guy that he was listening He was hearing because he does this. He does what God says. But it seems strange to me that God shows up to someone who may or may not even be aware of who God is completely. Now, the story, it's not that far from the flood. And so the story of who God is was probably very clear to him. He probably knew the story. The book of Joshua tells us that his dad was a heathen, that his dad was a pagan. So God shows up to him and says to him, Look, through you, I'm going to change the whole world. How would you respond? You've been living life. You've been doing life. You've been been working. You've been making a living. You've been feeding part of feeding your family, doing your job. and, And God shows up and says, Hey, want you to leave everything you know, go to a land that I'll show you. I'm not even going to tell you which direction you're going to go at this moment, but you're going to go, and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless the people around you and anybody who gives you a hard time. I'm going to give them a hard time, and I'll bless the whole world. I know our response. You can sit there and pretend that you don't, but would you listen? Would you think you were going crazy? I would. I'd be like, seriously, what? I need to eat tomorrow. I have to go to work. But Abram follows him. And God begins to bless him. And God makes reference to the fact that all the world is going to be blessed through this family. Now, we can stop and see the small blessing where God says, I'll bless you as a person. I'll bless those who are close to you. But the important statement in this whole thing is the last statement. He says, I will bless all the peoples on the earth through you. Can you imagine Abram standing there going, what does that mean? I'm one guy living in one small part of the world. Most people don't even know I exist. There's a group of people in places I've never seen before. They're spreading out around the world. There are The languages have been divided. There are people who don't speak my language anymore. How in the world is this going to work? But this is the extent of God's plan. Through this line, Through this family, God knew he was going to produce his son, Jesus. The greatest blessing for all mankind. A redeemer. It is through Jesus that the extent of God's plan was going to be revealed. The extent of God's plan is that he, God, God, would become accessible through Jesus to all mankind. See, up to this point, God, the holy God of of the world, the holy God of the universe, the creator of everything, was separate from mankind because man's sin had put a wall between man and God. And there was no way for man to be in the presence of God. And so God looked ahead in time and he said, I want to make, I want to make it so man has access to me. And I'm going to do it through my son, Jesus Christ. Folks. He made statements of this to all of mankind all the way through the Old Testament. One's found in Isaiah chapter 7 where he tells us that the Lord himself will give a sign and a virgin will conceive and she will have a son and you will name his name Emmanuel. Mike told us last week, it's God with us. And then when you get to Matthew after the silent years that we we saw in the little video, there's 400 years of silence. There's an angel that shows up to Joseph and he says, look, you're going to have a baby. Mary, the the, the gal that you're not even married to yet, she is going to have a baby. It's not yours. Don't worry about it. God's God's looking after all of this. And you're going to call his name Emmanuel. God with God's plan was that he would make a way for us as human beings to have access to God, to himself. Through his son, Jesus Christ. The coming of Jesus Christ was not for God's benefit at all. It was for my benefit. The coming of Jesus Christ did not make God feel relief in any way. It was so that you and me, so you and I, sorry Lisa, so that you and I could have relief. So that you and I could have forgiveness and redemption. Now, I need to tell you something that as I thought through the extent of this plan, I have problems. Now, I have problems, but I have problems with this. Here's why. You haven't thought through it as much as I have, and so you may not have these problems yet, but when I tell you them, you will have the same problems that I have. Okay? Are you ready? All right. Here's the problems. Number one, I know me, and you know you. That's our first problem. Why would God want a relationship with me? Why would God want a relationship with you? I'm a sinner by nature. You're a sinner by nature. God knew that. For as by one man sin entered in the world, then death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Not only do I have a sin nature, but I have a self-will that is incredibly arrogant. And even understanding the love that God had for me in sending His Son, Jesus Christ, and even accepting that, there are days when I want to do things my way. So my number one problem with it is this. If that's the extent of God's love for me, that he would want to make access to himself through his son, Jesus Christ, why would he do that for me? Why would he do it for you? Problem number one. Problem number two that I have is I like to read history. And if I believe what Scripture tells me, and I do, then there are people throughout history who God did this for who I don't think deserve it. So you're a pastor, how can you say that? Well, how about you? What about Hitler? What about Stalin? What about those who led the massacres in Rwanda? What about the genocide that's going on today in different countries around the world? Do you realize that if this is true, then God, the extent of God's plan through Jesus Christ is for those people too? Do you realize that the crimes that are being committed today, the shootings that go on in schools and on college campuses, Those who treat others with disrespect by abuse, that God's plan is for them too. Immediately in my mind, I make this, these levels, right? My sins are good sins, so God cared for me. But their sins are bad sins, and so he doesn't care for them. When in reality, the extent of God's love and his plan is for all people. That's what it said in Genesis chapter 12. When he came to Abram, he said, look, I'm going to do this so that all people. And what I had to come to realize, folks, is this, as I thought about it is, look, my sin of pride or arrogance or my sin in a little white lie that I told or my sin, whatever it is, whatever your sin is, In God's eyes, sin is sin, is sin, is sin. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's all an affront to the character of God. And when he looked at me, he said, you know what? The extent of my plan is I want to make a way that all people, everywhere, could have access to me through my son, Jesus Christ. So then my thought went a little farther. I know I thought a lot this week. I'm done for the year, by the way. Then why don't we treat everybody the way God does? If the extent of his plan was for all people everywhere, then why do we set limits? Why do we decide who should know and who shouldn't? You say, oh, but I don't. Oh, yeah, you do, because you don't tell everybody. I do. Same. Why do we look at different groups of people and instead of figuring out how we could show them the love of Jesus Christ, we we judge where they are and how they got there? Oh, they brought it on themselves. (laughs) Well, so did you, so did I. The extent of the love of Jesus Christ the extent of the plan of God is for all people. There's no exclusions. He never put any races on it when he gave it to, to Abram. He never put any time period. He didn't put any colors. He didn't put any economic status He just said, through you, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed. Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, he says it this way, And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, as as the others were also, catch this, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in trespasses, you were saved by grace. The extent of the plan of God for you and me was that Jesus Christ would become a human being who would live on this earth in in perfection, who would go to a cross to pay the price for our sin so that we could be made alive. Those of us who were sinful, that's all mankind. It doesn't matter what sin it was. It's all mankind could be made alive. Not by anything that we did. Not by any desire found in us. But by the incredible grace and mercy of God for us. The extent of the plan (laughs) was so that me, Tim, a dead man, could be made alive. Sin killed me but i get to be alive because of jesus christ you can too that gift that god gave in his son jesus christ is for is available to all men all women for all time it is yours You need to understand that the promise continues in each Christ follower today. The same blessing that came in the person of Jesus Christ is happening today. The extent of his plan is still in motion, not just for a fortunate few, but for all people everywhere. Matthew tells us that Christ followers are to take the blessing of Jesus to all nations the point of the church is that Jesus, that Jesus is the head of, that God established through Jesus Christ, is to be an expression of God's grace to man so that they may come to know and experience the love of God for them, for all men, for all time. You are the church. You are to fulfill the extent of the plan that God has. It is your mission, it is my mission. So that all would know. The, ex- the extent of God's plan for the world is that all would know him. that all could have a relationship with Him. The point of celebrating Christmas this this year? the point of us as Christ followers worshiping together, the point of us as Christ followers looking in the word of God is that we would give away the gift that was so generously given to us. Will you do it? God blessed us to be a blessing to all men everywhere. Father, grant us the courage to live out the blessing that you've given. It hasn't changed. The message is still the same. The desire of God for a relationship with those that he created is still the same. Grant us the courage to live out the blessing this Christmas season. Amen. So do you believe it? Really? Do you believe it? there's hope for everyone do you believe that's the promise of God do you believe that that's why Jesus came to be the hope for all mankind if you're a Christ follower here you've experienced the hope you've you've experienced the change that God makes in your heart and your life give it away give it away The more you give the hope away, the more real it becomes. Give it away this Christmas season. God, grant us the courage as Christ followers to give away the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. As we leave here today, maybe you don't have that hope. Maybe you've been looking for it. If you want that hope, you want to talk more with me about how Jesus came to change your life, I'll be up front. I'd love to spend a few moments sharing with you the difference that Jesus can make this Christmas season in your life. God, if there's someone who's struggling with that this morning, would you you touch their heart? Would you continue by your spirit to work in them and grant them hope, new life that's only found in knowing you? In your name we pray, amen. Thanks so much for being here. You're dismissed.